our culmination of Black History Month, African American History Month. And we, we celebrate who we are. But this is not the end of it. This is a refreshing, a resetting time for us. In reading the states of African America from the Urban League report, one of the things it says was, this is a grim time for African Americans in the United States. And as I was preparing this week, many of you may not know, but across the country, God has been speaking through the weather, calling us back to him. Preparing us during this time of, of Lent to repent of our sins as we become aware of them. And so I want to use this day because we came into a the flooded church today. This is the first time we've seen sunshine on the West Coast in a long time. This past week, we were just really in our houses trying to stay warm. Oh, we saw the rain, 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 the snow. Ah, ice. And so we came on this day as a culmination to who we are and to who we want you to know about ourselves. And so I'm going to take from today a scripture that I hear God saying to America. And then I'm going to simply quote an article that would say everything that God has put in my heart. But I want to lift up today a young African-American male as I quote for you his article. But first, let us stand for the reading of God's holy word. In the midst of all of the things going on in the world today, you can read it in the Bible as it describes the last days. And people are wondering, is there a way out? How can we get out of this mess? And God tells us in 2 Chronicles, Chapter 7, verse 14. Listen now for the word of the Lord. If my people, his people, the church, 
If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn, repent from their wicked ways, then, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. And now won't you pray? God, as I come this special time, this special day, we come to thank you, Lord, for the sunshine. And we come asking that you will heal the land. Those who are without electricity, we pray for you. Those of you who are encased in the snow, we pray for you. Those of you who have experienced trauma and accidents, death, we pray for you this day. And Lord, we ask that as we share this word today, that you would allow the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, for you are my strength and you are my redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For this African American Black History Month, I want to quote for you an article as we lift up outstanding African-Americans from our beginning here in the horror of slavery. We want to remember that we didn't begin as slaves and we want to know that the end of racism and bigotry in this country is alive and well. And so I am going to quote an article written by a great young African man by the name of Reverend Junius Dotson. Reverend Dotson is an African American United, or was, he passed away. He was an African-American United Methodist pastor and a national leader as the general secretary of the Disciples-ship Ministries of the United Methodist Church. Reverend Dotson passed away at the age of 55 
in 2019 of cancer. He was and still is a recognized leader in the church. And we will lift his article up today for all of us to hear. Listen very carefully to what this great, well-renowned national leader had to say to us <clears throat> before he transitioned to glory. May I begin? I quote, Racism is not a black problem. Racism is not a black problem. White silence is no longer a privilege. Pastor Donson begins and I quote, Listen carefully. He says, my white friend's note had a veneer of concern. Just checking to see if you and your family are safe. The text began. It then took a curious but familiar turn. We can disagree and voice our concerns. We can perceive things differently and still be kind, respectful, and polite. Violence and destruction just incite more violence and destruction. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth only benefits Visine and Crest, she says. The note ended this way. I count on you, Junius, to lead as you are in the capacity to be an active initiator of change. This initially warm overdue overture has incited a righteous response. I immediately tried to smother as I responded, squeezing my frustration into the most charitable response I could muster. I also call on you to lead and to fight against the systemic conditions that give rise to what we are witnessing in our country. I wanted to offer this cold, hard truth This is your mess, not mine. Count on yourself to lead in cleaning up your mess. Raise your voice against this system that privileges you. Racism is not my doing. This is a message not only for my friend, but for all my Anglo brothers and sisters. Racism is not a black problem. 
maybe. Equality can feel like oppression when all you've known is privilege. And white privilege in America has meant the luxury of remaining silent about racism as it literally destroys black lives. Oh, the government gets its power from the consent of the people. Anglo brothers and sisters must speak and declare to elected leaders. We no longer give you consent to kill black people. Declaring racism a black problem is like men declaring domestic violence a woman's issue and saying to a woman, why haven't you stopped me from abusing you? When you come up with a situation and a solution, let me know. Oh, equality can feel like oppression when all you've known is privilege. White privilege in America has meant the luxury of remaining silent about racism as it literally destroys black lives. Oh, there's a breathtaking, no pun intended with regard to George Floyd. Lack of introspection on the part of white America about racism. African people didn't kidnap themselves and ship themselves to the Americas. They didn't insist on wearing slavery's change and shame or create myths of their own inferiority to justify the slave trade. They didn't design Jim Crow segregation or its child mass incarceration and impose it on themselves. The people who, who preach so fervently about personal responsibility need to heed their own advice and take some personal inventory. It's likely that, that they are refused to plumb the question, whose problem is it anyway? because they'd find themselves there at the end of that answer. This is the acknowledgement African-Americans have been just waiting for. But most white Americans have been slow to not just relinquish their privilege, many still won't acknowledge their privilege. Stokely Carmichael, the fiery founder of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, said it best. He said civil rights laws were passed for white people, not for black people. During a speech at the University of California at Berkeley in the fall of 1966, Carmichael said, for example, I am black. I know that. I also know that while I am black, I am a human being. Therefore, I have the right to, to go into any public place. White people didn't know that. And every time I tried to go into a place, they stopped me. So some boys had to write a bill to tell that white man He's a human being, don't stop it. 
That bill was for that white man, not for me, because I knew it all the time. The failure of a civil rights bill had nothing to do with black power or SNCC or the rebellions in the nation's major cities, he said. It is the incompatibility of whites to deal with their own problems inside their own communities. Silence is privilege. And in America, silence is white. Oh, we see this nightly on broadcast protest coverage regarding Mr. Floyd's death. People are vocal about the vandalism but silent about the systemic violence that precipitated it. The officer just nonchalantly choked Floyd under the knee so comfortably that he had his hand dipped coolly in his pocket. Multiple officers stood around silently and watched. They, they represent America's silence. Silence that maintains systemic injustice. Mr. Floyd's death was a homicide by officers who taunted him while holding him down for more than eight minutes. That's what civil rights lawyer Benjamin Crump of Floyd's death says, and the officer, he said, who stood by doing nothing was a physical blue shield, a living symbol of the code of silence. Silence is toxic to relationships. White silence is killing your black siblings in Christ. And so I'm thinking that I should reach out to my friend who sent the note. I can't stay silent about this any longer, and neither should she, and neither should you. End of quote. You rest in power, Reverend Junius B. Dawson. And may we respond to your article by opening our mouths and saying, opening our mouths and saying, racism is not a black problem. Enough is enough. Lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring. Bring with the 
believe what they say. Get on YouTube. It's a new day on the African continent. And no matter what we say, we came from 
history did not begin with American Chantel slavery. There are those of you who may want to give an offering, and so we invite you to do that. If you look on our website, there are various ways to do that. We thank those of you who have continued that through these years now of COVID and other tragedies to remain faithful to the church. For only what you do for Christ will last. These are serious times. Don't get caught up in anybody or anything As we close out this worship, but not close out our love for the Lord, we shall overcome.